1: steeler fans my name is brian anthony davis i am here once again with kevin smith the coach and it's time for here we go it's the steelers show it may be the off season but we're preparing for what should hopefully be a glorious 2022 and there's always something to talk about what we like to do with here we go the steelers show well in season it's here we go the pregame show but we're basically doing a pregame for the entire season. And what we'd like to take a look at is what teams, no matter what stage, whether it's Pee Wee, whether it's high school, college, or NFL, what they do to prepare in the offseason. And that's something we're talking about like crazy. And today we are going to talk about the backbone of a defense, and that's the linebacking position. Kevin
2: Smith, you were a safety, not a linebacker. Is that correct? Yeah, safety in, in college, but a linebacker in high school. So I, this, is, this is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Let me ask you this. As, as we get started here, do positions
1: define the personality sometimes of a player? Because when you hear that somebody is a wide receiver, sometimes you think of diva. When you hear of somebody that's an offensive lineman, you think of uh, you know down in the dirt and uh, big. But when you think of a linebacker, you think of grit.
2: You know, it, it is it's amazing, really, when, when I think about it, how much you can fit a kid's personality to the position that they play. It is it is it really the offensive linemen absolutely have a certain way about them. They're quiet, they kind of stick together, they sort of they don't they don't need the spotlight, they have this understated way about them. Uh but it, but at the same time, you know, there's there's some of the toughest people out there and you're right about the receivers. I, 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 if you give me any position group on the field to coach and the last one I'm picking is the receivers. I've just, I've just struggled to get receivers to do the hard things, to do the nitty gritty stuff. That's a, that's a challenge. But when you, when you talk about linebackers, man, you're talking about guys who are football players for me. These are, the, these are the most pure football players on the field. These are, these are the best football players on the field. Uh, these are the most reliable football players on the field. I just think that the, the essence of football can be gleaned from studying the linebacker position. If your son comes to you and says,
1: Dad, I want to be a wide receiver, what do you say? You're grounded.
2: You're <laughs> grounded. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> but you know what's kind of funny is... Uh, yeah my son's not going to be the biggest kid in the world i'm five foot ten yeah maybe he'll be about five foot ten or whatever and um that's probably the position he's best suited for just with his skill set or whatever so we can get to work early on his demeanor we'll, we'll try to make him a, a heinz ward type receiver and not a uh you fill in the blank receiver
1: well zach thomas
2: was like five ten five eleven wasn't he he was he was i don't I don't necessarily that, you know, the other part of the equation too is is when it's your own child is you, almost like there's a part of me. It doesn't mind that he might be a wide receiver because if you're going to be undersized, how much do you want to throw him in there at linebacker understanding the the beating that, that, you know, you're going to take the pounding, et cetera. I mean, I played linebacker at five, 10 and 200 pounds and, And that was a decent size for high school. But I got to college and, you know, I wasn't going to play in there. They moved me to strong safety because you just needed to be bigger. And it's amazing what some of those smaller guys have done. Sam Mills back in the day. Oh, Uh, I love Sam Mills. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't have to necessarily be 6'3", 6'4". But but you got to, you know, you got to be able to uh, be thick and bring a wallop. And like those guys, Zach Thomas and Sam Mills, they were incredibly instinctual. They had an ability – to see holes and fill them in an instant. And that sort of compensated for the lack
1: of size. Well, when we're talking about linebackers and we talk about undersized linebackers, one of the greatest Pittsburgh Steeler linebackers of all time was undersized. Do you feel Kevin that James Harrison wasn't drafted because of his size? I know there were some other things going on as far as character and, and uh, some trouble in school, but, do you really think that his size had something to do with him?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that and coming from a smaller school, you know, he went to Kent State. And and, and, and isn't that an interesting thing that when you think about two of the best linebackers in Steelers history, Jack Lambert and James Harrison, they, they both came from little, you know, little Mac Kent State. Uh, what, what, what great finds. But, uh, but oh, you um, just
1: ruined my article this weekend, Kevin. Oh, oh no. <laughs> on the more on the more you know that's the Ch- jeopardy trivia question
2: so oh, all right, all right. so uh, there there you go still check right, it out it's a great article i'll help you come up with another one but uh but you're right yeah i mean it, it is it is incredible when you think about that and, and that was always sort of a a chip that james harrison was you know i think proud to have on his shoulder just that that he was overlooked like that, but he—he he was, you know, he did so much with his leverage and his strength and his burst and his ke- technique and his get off that he was able to compensate too. Usually, the guys that are undersized have incredible, uh, uh, uh an and and incredible intangibles that allow them to to compensate.
1: Well, we talked about what personalities linebackers need to have, and you talked about demeanor. So you said chip on the shoulder. What kind of boys to men are you looking for in a linebacker?
2: You're looking for guys who want to be in charge. You can't be passive and be a linebacker. You you have to be able to direct other players. You have to direct the front. You've got to be able to communicate with, uh, with, with guys on the edge as well. But first and foremost, you, you got to have a dude quality about you. That's a, that's a term that sometimes is used in reference to quarterbacks. And the same thing applies to linebackers. If you're going to play linebacker, then, then you need to know, first and foremost, that your primary responsibility is making tackles in, and, and making tackles in the most chaotic environment imaginable. When, a, when, a, when, when you're playing inside backer and the football is snapped, the next four or five seconds are just absolute chaos uh, with, with giant bodies moving at incredibly fast speeds, uh, doing very violent things. And in the midst of all that, you have to be able to slow everything down and focus on really, really specific things. The discipline of linebackers to be able to read their keys and diagnose plays and then get to a ball carrier and make a physical play is, is really uh, incredible. And so you need guys that are confident uh, and, and that believe that they can do those things, which is not, not, not easy to find. Uh, it, it's hard to find guys that think that mentally that they're capable of that and then can actually go do it.
1: When you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kevin, right now, and you look at their linebackers, who has that dude quality? Let's start with the inside guys.
2: Yeah. I think Miles Jack, the 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 free agent signee from Jacksonville, I think he has that. I, I've always liked his demeanor. I liked him coming out of the draft. I remember watching the 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 painful playoff loss to Jacksonville back in 2017 and Miles Jack had a had a, a really game-changing interception early in that in that contest. But I just remember watching his demeanor and he played with tremendous confidence. And I thought to myself, yeah, that, that guy's that guy's a dude. That's a guy. That's a guy you got to block. And he's probably slowed down a little bit from, from that those days because he's had some injuries. But he brings a presence that I think the Steelers badly need at the line linebacker position. Uh, and then an, another guy who I think has it in a very very different way is, is Robert Spillane. Robert Spillane has got that old school toughness about him that you know he where he would have been a great 1988. You know, plug the A, get a and B gaps linebacker that throwback model and 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 a guy like that who you know is never going to back down from the contact and who can change a game with his physical demeanor uh, inspires confidence in his teammates so those are two guys I think from a personality standpoint uh who just kind of scream linebacker well let's talk about positions
1: on inside linebacker that scream linebacker more to you is there a difference in demeanor for somebody playing the buck versus the mac.
2: So, if you are playing on the strong side, if you know, if, if you're that that buck linebacker playing playing on the strong side, and you are uh, dealing more with clutter in your face, meaning you you know you have a little bit more of a responsibility to take on uh, the down blocks, the the chips from the in the in the inside zone game where you get two linemen doubling a a defensive. Tackle and then one of them's chipping off onto you. You just ha- you have to be more physical. Uh, you also have to be a little a little selfless in the sense that you got to be willing to eat blocks. Uh, if you're a selfish player and you want to make every tackle, that's a bad position for you because sometimes what you're doing is you're freeing up other guys to make tackles. If you're not plugging the right gap, uh, you're compromising the integrity of the defense. And sometimes plugging that gap means giving yourself up for the benefit of someone else, especially with the way the Steelers play defense. Their their defense is so different now than it was back when they were like a true three, four team. Um, So much of what they do now is, is movement based and they're trying to, to slant and stem and move guys around to screw up blocking schemes in order to, to free other guys to the ball. And a lot of times the guys they're freeing are, are the off ball backers, you know, the, the Mac backer and then, or, or, or a strong safety who's filling into the box. Uh, So if you're going to be the strong side backer, you've got to really understand your role and be willing to, uh, to carry it out, even when it doesn't necessarily benefit you. So
1: you talked about the buck going on the strong side. When you're taking a look at the
2: Mac, can you explain the role of the Mac a little bit more? So that's more of the off ball backer uh, who will tend to play to the weak side of the formation. Got to be a little bit more athletic, a, a guy who plays in space a little bit more, uh, a guy who's oftentimes asked to, to uh, shoot gaps, uh, meaning when it, let's say the flow of a play is going to the left of the offense uh, and you are to the, to the offense's right. You're now on the backside of the play. And that's an opportunity on the backside. A lot of the time where seams and gaps in the blocking scheme will emerge. And you've got to be able to diagnose those, those seams and hit those seams quickly. A lot of times, Running backs are are looking for a backside cut, uh, and a good uh, weak side backer will be able to take those cuts away with their their diagnosis of a play and the way that they fill. A bad weak side backer will will be a guy who just gets over aggressive, flowing laterally, and will overrun plays and allow for those seams to emerge or, or or get let himself get compromised and washed out of a play, an offensive lineman. So. It really takes a little bit more of a of a read and react mentality on the backside, and and a little bit more athleticism. You're not asked to deal with the clutter uh, that that a, that a frontside backer is asked to deal with. Um, so, you know, they're they're really sort of I don't want to say they're different skill sets, but they're but they're definitely different mentalities. Who's your dude? Is it a Buck or a Mac? It's funny. I I, th- I think the game has changed. You know, I, I get if 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 you tell me to you know, t- all right, take your Take your most badass linebacker. and Where do you put him? Uh, you put him on the strong side. You know, you say, like, all right, he's going to be my buck linebacker because that's the tone setter. If that guy can't uh, plug gaps and not get knocked off the football, then offenses are going to run the ball down your throat. Uh, so whereas the the Mac backer may, may make splashier plays, uh, the buck linebacker has got to be the dude. It's Vince Williams. You know, you think about Vince Williams and you say, like, he's a dude, man. He's, he's a guy who everybody else in the defense has tremendous respect for uh, because they know how tough he is and they know that he's going to set a tone uh, and that's, you know, that's a guy that you need. You, know, you can do, you can do an awful lot of good with, with a guy like Vince Williams as your strong side backer.
1: Yeah. With, with Bucks, you think of guys that are doing more dirty work and getting in there. I mean, Vince has been there for a long time. And then when you think of Mac, you think of more of the, the Shazier, the, the Devin Bushes as well. Speaking of Devin Bush, is he a dude?
2: It's a good question. Uh, I don't know if we know the answer to that yet. I thought he had a, a pretty good rookie year, and uh, and and again, a guy he got the Steelers were thin at backer, and they probably threw him in maybe a little bit before he was ready to play at the NFL level. But I thought he, I thought he uh, afforded himself well, and then you know the knee injury in his in his second season, and and that was devastating. And then last year, he wasn't recovered from it. And didn't look didn't look very good, but uh, so I, so this is the year maybe where you hope he's back to a hundred percent, and he's got a, he's got probably the best the best athlete as a playing partner that he's ever had in in Miles Jack, and the Steelers have done some things along the, the defensive line that that, that uh, will probably help Devin Bush. So this is a year where he's got to be that guy. He's got to be he's got to be the guy who who you traded up all the way up to number 10 in the first round to get. He's got to be that guy this year.
1: So, Kevin, we are going to go ahead and take a an even closer look to the Steelers linebackers, answer a very important question, whether the Steelers have added enough depth or if they are in debt as far as the linebacking position goes. We're going to do that. We're also going to talk about the edge rushers as well. And we are going to... Take a look at a controversial question from a Steeler, excuse me, not a question, but a comment from a Steeler GM candidate about a Steeler Hall of Famer that just happened to play linebacker. You are not going to want to miss that. So make sure you check back for the second half right after this 30 second break on BTSC's Here We Go The Steeler Show.
0: At Luckylandslots.com.
2: Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Ain't the worst looking man you've
1: ever seen. back to the second half of here we go the Steelers show I'm Brian Anthony Davis Kevin Thatcher Smith is along with me Kevin it's great to have you I am loving this and I can't see you I can only hear you but I can I can see the excitement in your voice over my through my headphones because I can tell you love talking linebacker man love
2: talking linebackers I mean the first uh first NFL player I ever fell in love with was Jack Lambert, and it's been a uh, love affair with linebackers ever since. Well, I
1: was in love with line, both linebackers as well for different reasons. Both both Jacks were my guys back in the 70s when I, was, when I was just learning the system as well and learning all about the fact that Johnstown, where I grew up, had a linebacker named Jack. So that's when I thought the position was pretty darn awesome. So we are going to talk a little bit more about those Jacks in a little bit, those hall of famers. But right now we want to talk about the Steelers situation. And I'm going to ask you this question now as we're going, and we're going to continue into our talk about inside linebackers. We talked about dudes and Max and Bucks and Devin Bush and we talked about the newly acquired Miles Jack. But my question to you, on the surface, the offseason's not over. Preseason has not started. But do you feel the Steelers have just stood pat or they've done enough for 2022 at the linebacking position?
2: So my, my sense is that they've they have more confidence and faith in – some of the guys in-house than maybe the fans do. And I'll give you just two quick examples. Uh, I suspect that they really like Buddy Johnson, the, the draft pick, the fifth-round pick from Texas A&M last year, who who showed that he could be a thumper, that he, that he really uh, could hit and could really run, and that I think everybody understood that as a fifth-round pick he needed some developmental time, and he didn't get a whole lot of reps at the, uh, at the linebacker position, but he played a lot on special teams. And I think that they probably feel that he's a guy that they're quite comfortable with, that if he's got to be on the field, uh, that he can be that next guy. Um, and then, you know, we talk about the outside. Uh, we haven't really gotten to the outside backers yet, but I think they feel pretty similar about the newly acquired Gennard Avery, who they, who they signed in free agency from the, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who is slotted to be an edge guy for the, for the Steelers and did, did some real good things in Philadelphia. Uh, when he played on the edge, the the Eagles kind of tried to convert him to an inside backer and he was sort of miscast there and didn't play real well. But when he was on the edge, he was very productive. So I think that they like their guys in house, uh, maybe a little bit more than the fans do, because I think the fans maybe see those guys as unproven and think, boy, I'd feel more comfortable if they had uh, a, a bigger name or a more proven guy.
1: Well, it's so much easier to think that you know what's going on when you're looking through the windows. But if you're the one cleaning up the house and taking care of business every single day inside those walls, you know what's going on a whole lot more. Isn't that true, Kevin?
2: Absolutely. I mean, they're they're with these guys every single day. And like you said, we just we read a couple articles. We, we catch a little bit of video. Uh, we look at the roster and like, I'm, you look at the inside linebacker position and you see Devin Bush and you see Miles Jack. And then you look behind him and you say, all right, Spillane, we know what, we know what he is. Um, but then what, you know, then who's the next guy, who's the fourth guy. Um, and who's the guy who uh, if you, if Bush doesn't play well, or if one of those guys gets hurt, who, who can sort of replicate what they do and, and you think, well, all right, you got Marcus Allen. He's been kind of underwhelming as a converted safety. You got uh, Ulysses Gilbert III, who just has never seemed to really take off. Uh, and then you've got a couple unknowns. Johnson, who didn't get a lot of reps, and then you know Mark Robinson, who's a project linebacker. And you think, well, oh, man, they, they need another guy. But obviously the Steelers feel that they don't because they would have addressed it uh, in, in, a, in a bigger fashion than, than they did which is what sort of leads me to believe that they feel pretty comfortable with one of those, one of those other guys. And, and my best guess is, is that's Johnson because of his potential.
1: And another one that you have not mentioned, he was a seventh-round pick in 2022, Mark Robinson. And Robinson's a guy to talk about as well out of Ole Miss. So if you look at it, there are seven guys vying for how many inside linebacker spots, four or five in your mind, Kevin?
2: I'm going to say five just because I think they'll probably only keep four on the edge. Uh, and they usually have nine linebackers. Uh, a lot, I mean, a lot of it might, might depend on what these guys offer on special teams. So it'll be, it'll be some interesting cuts. If they let's say, let's say they take five and your seven guys are, are Bush and Jack. And then you've got Allen and, and Gilbert and then Johnson and Spillane and, and Robinson. Um, there's, those are two, there's two guys that are going to get cut that have either been, been here uh, a guy like marcus allen or a guy like ug3 uh and then you know somebody who's probably got some potential a guy like mark robinson i'm sure the steelers would love to keep around because as a converted running back who's now playing linebacker you know that's a guy who screams special teams ability and there's one thing this offseason that's been very subtle but interesting it's 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 how the concerted effort the steelers have made to upgrade their special teams performance. So I'm sure Robinson's a guy they'd like to keep around somehow. So they're going to have to make some tough decisions at that linebacker spot.
1: Well, let's take a look at something. And this is a very interesting question that I'm going to ask next. And we've never really had to consider this before, but when you take a look at the fact that Brian Flores is now in town and the magic he makes as far as moving guys around being very creative Are there is there a need for three starting inside linebackers in Pittsburgh? Because it seems like it to me with the way things are mixed and matched. Now, when I say starting, I'm not talking about starting the first play of every single game. That's misleading, but playing a very vital role of having three guys playing almost full time mix and match in this system.
2: Right. So yeah, so one thing that'll be interesting to see is how how the Steelers deploy their personnel. We know that they don't play a ton of base three-four anymore. They tend to really only do that against twelve personnel looks or twenty-one personnel when teams are going two tight ends or using a fullback. But when teams are in the base eleven personnel grouping with one tight end and three wide receivers, overwhelmingly the Steelers have responded by going to their nickel package or their dime, depending on the situation. So where there's only two de- defensive linemen in the game, but, but Flores uh, he got real creative with, with, you know, some, how do you, di- how do you disperse those linebackers and safeties and, and, and that'll be really interesting. Will the Steelers be, be interested in, you know, using a box safety um, or will they be more interested in using a linebacker in that spot? Right. I mean, you, t- you think about a guy like Jannard Avery. I mean, he's played inside and outside. He's got some versatility. Uh, is he a guy that they like in the Flores scheme, which which is going to ask guys to do a lot of things from a disguise standpoint, but also they got to be able to run. If you're playing Flores's defense, one of, one of the things about all that disguise that teams use, you're putting eight guys up at the up at the line of scrimmage at the snap, and then dudes are bailing and and getting to different zones and plugging different gaps, and you're running. Sometimes I saw Flores sometimes run running three gap stunts where you got an edge player who's outside the tight end in what would be the D gap coming all the way down inside into the A gap. Like you need athletes who can do that. You need guys who can run. You need guys who are, who are uh, uh, position versatile uh, and guys who understand the scheme. So, so is the answer to your question? I I don't know what combination of players they'll go with, but my suspicion is it'll be the guys who provide the most versatility and who can really master the playbook and execute those schemes and disguises really well.
1: Does it seem to you, Kevin, that Robert Spillane, the legacy that I like to call him, nobody else has picked up on that nickname, but his granddad was a number one pick of the Steelers back in the 1950s out of Notre Dame, Johnny Latner. So the
2: legacy, do you think he has a very crucial role this year? Well, he's he's the only guy in that linebacking core with his specific skill set. I think Buddy Johnson can do a little bit of it. Um but not really like Spillane does. And by specific skill set, I mean, he's your only true plugger, true gap plugger. I mean, if it's third and one, uh, and, and a team goes 12 personnel or 22 personnel and brings their heavy dudes on the field, who's, who do you want out there more than Robert Spillane uh, as, as a guy who's going to plug a gap? I think we all remember the hit on Derek Henry, right? Uh, There's who else does that in the Steelers linebacking core. So that, while that, that, Skill set doesn't have the role it used to. It, it doesn't play the prominence that it did uh back when everybody was running the eye. Uh it's still a necessary skill set. And so, yeah, absolutely. He's a guy you want on the roster because he offers something that nobody else does.
1: All right. So we've got some other linebackers to talk about here. And you've mentioned each and every one of them, but of Gilbert, of Allen, of Robinson, Spillane, and Johnson which two of them are on the hottest of seats, which one of them has to merely show improvement and which one of them merely has to show potential.
2: Okay. So those are good questions. So um, I'll answer them in, in reverse order. I think the, the one who merely has to show potential is Robinson because he's, he's the project and everybody knows he's a project because he's only played one year at linebacker after ba- being a running back for most of his career. But in that one year, he showed tremendous explosiveness. Jeffrey Benedict did a, a really nice film room on him where uh, you see how quickly he diagnoses things and gets to the ball. Uh, but he doesn't have the physical element down yet of a, of being a linebacker and, and he, he needs some work. So if he shows that he's got potential and that he's a, a player, the Steelers think they can work with the athleticism that he brings uh, is probably enough for them to keep him in some capacity. Um you know the as to as to a guy who needs to show to show some growth. I mean that's Johnson, right? Johnson needs to be better as a second year player than he was as a rookie. He needs to sort of take that second year leap. But he's all he's also a guy who I think uh, is a really good pure linebacker. I mean I think that he plays the position pretty well, and I think that if he shows in his second year that he can be a guy who maybe the Steelers see as a replacement for Devin Bush. I mean, Devin Bush playing in the last year of his contract and unless he really balls out, there's a decent chance the Steelers might not re-sign him. Uh, I think if Buddy Johnson shows enough of an improvement, I think that they, he's a guy they would think that maybe they can slot into Bush's role a year from now. And the two guys on the hot seat, uh, I think undoubtedly are Marcus Allen and, and Ulysses Gilbert III because neither one of them has really kind of taken off yet. They've both been around now for a while there's two young bucks there who are kind of nipping at their heels and they really need to show that they're worth keeping around uh, or otherwise I think that they're gone.
1: All right. Well, that was great. Let's talk about the edge rushers. And of course we know that the Steelers are pretty secure in their starters right now with being Alex Highsmith on one side and TJ Watt on the other. Now you've got four guys, vying for what looks to be two spots. We talked about bringing in Janard Avery. Jannard Avery could also play inside as well. But like you mentioned, he is kind of the guy that they brought in to be that third linebacker. Now with everybody else that the Steelers have there, how do you see this shaping up? Because who right now looks to be the fourth guy is Derek Tushka. And then you have, two other guys vying for positions as well so kevin talk about the edge rushers
2: so i think the first three are clearly you know the three that you mentioned watton and, and highsmith and and avery um i think the Steelers really like avery and i think that he's a guy who who is probably someone that maybe fans will uh be hesitant about at first because they're unfamiliar with him but uh getting it you know i i live i live not too far from Philadelphia and know a lot of Eagles fans and that all the Eagles fans I talked to were sad to see him go. They all thought that he was a a solid player, not necessarily a star, um, but uh, but a solid guy who could fill a lot of roles and and did a lot of different things in Philadelphia. So I I think that he'll, he'll be a a, a solid number three in Pittsburgh. Tuska is an interesting guy. He showed, he has shown some potential. Uh, He still seems to be a little bit, a little light, maybe needs to put on, a little bit of weight and, and, uh, and work on his repertoire of moves, but they, they probably feel reasonably comfortable with him as their number four guy. So for me, the interesting question will be this, will they, it it seems like those four guys are, I don't want to say a lock to, to be, uh, your four outside, your four edge guys, but they seem like as long as they don't have any significant flaws that, that they'll make the roster, will they, will they keep a fifth or, and this is where it gets interesting. Will they look at like, for example, Miles Jack and say, "Well, he can play on the edge. He's done that at times in Jacksonville." Uh, and if we if we want to get creative, uh, or if we want to get Derek, you know, uh, 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 Highsmith off the field or, or TJ Watt off the field and give Jack some reps, we feel comfortable enough to put a Johnson or a Spillane at linebacker. Um, my suspicion is the Steelers may only keep those four and use miles jack as a hybrid if they have to
1: very interesting stuff of td moultrie delante scott and tyree johnson are those guys that basically have nothing to lose but balling out and could work their way into that fourth spot possibly if they just become a camp
2: phenom yeah sure Uh, i'd be lying if i told you that i know enough about any of those guys to, to really say all right here's Here's specifically where they could be better than Derek Tuska. Uh, Tuska certainly got the inside track because he showed last year that he can be a guy in limited reps who can be productive. Uh, but you know, every every there's always a great camp story. There's always a guy that comes out of camp uh, who shows more than everybody expected going in. And it certainly could be one of those outside backers because. Because it's not, and we're talking about Derek Tusker, you know, it's not like we're talking about T.J. Watt. We're talking about a guy whose roster spot is vulnerable and who needs to play well to earn it. And so if you're one of those other three guys, then you're certainly looking uh, at a, a, a realistic shot to, to make the roster.
1: All right. Well, that was that was really fantastic. We really appreciate it. We are going to be watching these guys. There might be. Somebody moved in, somebody moved out, but it seems like this is going to be the battle for those spots coming up in the preseason when training camp starts in July. Something really looking forward to. Now, to go back and answer the original question, do you think the Steelers have done enough going into camp right now to put together a pretty good crew when it's
2: all said and done? I'm probably I'm probably a little more optimistic than most people uh, in terms of how I view the linebacking group. But that does come with a little bit of a caveat. And the caveat is they need guys to stay healthy. And I know that that's true of every position group on the football field. NFL teams, because of the salary cap and the roster limitations, et cetera, et cetera, uh, aren't aren't real deep at every position group. But we know that the Steelers uh, are not particularly deep. Uh, either inside or outside at linebacker, I, but I think that they have enough that they've got solid starters in place. Uh, in, you know, their first four I think are, are very good football players, or at least can be very good football players. And I think that they've got enough in their backups as role players to be, you know, to be solid on defense. I think where where you get in trouble is if there's an injury and now one of those backups. Now, now Buddy Johnson's got to be the starter at linebacker, or, or now, you know, Denard Avery's got to take all the reps at outside backer. And now you may be asking him to do a little bit more than, than you're comfortable with, but that's not an uncommon story around the NFL. I think just about every team in the league faces a similar dilemma, right? Do we have enough on our bench to be able to get by in case of an injury?
1: Absolutely. And that's, that's really what the big question is. So that becomes a, we'll wait and see, but it's nice to know, that you have these guys in here that could make a pretty good push for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022. As well, one thing
2: I wrote real, real quick, bro, I started to cut you off one, but one thing I, I like is I think that they learned a little bit from what happened to the D line last year. You know, you got with, with the alo alo injury and to its situation, the Steelers found themselves with a whole bunch of projects behind their starters on the defensive line last year. And, and uh, while, when we look at the linebacker group for, for this coming season, uh, they're, they're not stocked with veterans. They also have enough guys in like, for example, Spillane on the inside or Avery on the outside with, with real NFL experience who have been starters in the past, or who have been contributors to, to good defenses uh, to feel like, okay, if we had to roll with these guys, we'd be in a better situation than we were when we had to put guys like Montrevious Adams into the starting lineup on the D line last year.
1: Absolutely. So, as we're getting ready to go ahead and wrap up the show, I want to talk about something I teased earlier because we're talking all about linebackers. And something came up this week that was really interesting. It came from a general manager candidate for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Doug Whaley, a guy I have great respect for, a guy that had his second interview. And he shows up a lot on the fan. He's a Pittsburgh guy, but he made some comments that made a lot of old time fans like you and I. Well, it made us take notice. It actually made some people so angry that they said, Nope, I'm scratching him off my wish list for general manager. I'm not going to go that far. But his exact words were Jack Ham would be a special teams backup. He was 215 pounds. Give me his physical dimensions. He's 6'2, 210. 215, show me a linebacker that weighs 250 pounds that plays in the NFL today. Kevin, when you heard that, what did you think?
2: Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of a ridiculous comment because it's impossible to compare the way the game was played in 1976 to the way the game's played now. Mike Webster was 260 pounds. He was the best center in the NFL. He weighed 260. I mean, there's there's tight end. All, all the tight ends are 260 now. Uh, players were smaller. The game was played very, very differently. Uh, it, and, and that was, you know, again, that's like that's like when you when you look, you can look back in just about anything in time and compare that thing to the way that the, that, that thing is today. I mean, that's like saying like, oh, you know, the Model T Ford was a terrible car. Well, I mean, okay, it's a terrible car by today's standards, but in the in its particular time period it was the, it was the best that there was. I mean, uh, I think that the the relativeness of his comment is is very misguided.
1: Well, he went on to say he couldn't play in this era he just couldn't now, turn around and we mentioned the dude, and by the way, uh, Vince Williams. Became a coach of Pine Richland, a linebacker's coach this week. So, congratulations to Vince. But Vinny Viti Vici 98 came out and said Jack Ham would be first team All Pro in today's NFL. 30 plus picks, 25 sacks. Those numbers
2: transcend eras. But here's the other thing if Jack Ham was playing today, he'd be 240 pounds because he would lift weights year round which they didn't do back then. He'd, he'd work out with personal trainers constantly. He'd be faster. He'd be coached nonstop. I mean, look, look at some of the guys from the 70s. They had to get jobs in the off season. a lot of these guys, because the salaries weren't great, and there was like no team activities in the offseason. I mean, it was just a, a completely different era. I, there, you know, there's great photographs of Jack Lambert you know, smoking cigarettes in, in, his, in his uniform. <laughs> I just we're, we're we're not you know you can't take a you can't literally interpret what a guy was like in 1976 and then just sort of like plug that into what he would be like in 2022 the way, the way that players are trained and are raised and the incredible amount of like time that they spend working at their craft now is just incomparable to the way that that things were back then. I mean, I, th- I, you, you and I have talked a little bit about our quarterback at Ocean City, who's getting recruited by a lot of a lot of good colleges. He's been, uh, pre- he's he's a he's a, a good baseball player on a, on our baseball team, which won the state championship last year. So he's playing baseball for a really good team, and then every weekend he's throwing in these seven on seven camps uh, to try to get himself in front of you know some some college eyes, et cetera. This kid is grinding nonstop. Uh, and that's just the norm that uh, these days for these top level athletes. So, so Jack Jack Ham would not be 215 pounds. He'd be 240 pounds, and he'd freaking look like
1: Adonis. And Mike Webster would have been 295 to 305.
2: Yeah, Mike Webster would would have been uh, Tyler Lindebaum, You know, like in terms of his build. So, and I mean, just it's just different. It's all relative to society. I
1: mean, it's just the human body there's is going to be bigger these days because of chemicals because of uh because of so many factors
2: Kevin yep absolutely and just uh you know again Jack Lambert was was 64 and 225 which was skinny by by today's standards he was he was kind of a skinny linebacker and again if he was if he was today played today he probably be 64 and and uh just as uh, Oh my God. Can you imagine Lambert with another 20 pounds on him? That's like, wow. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I stood next to him
1: about 10 years ago. Absolutely. It, it was, it, it was just amazing to look up and just see how tall he was. And he, and he was thin, but he also
2: looked like he was ready to go at it right then. <laughs> I don't think he was ever not ready to go at it.
1: <laughs> and that's what you, uh, that's what you cannot take away from these guys because a comment like that from Whaley, is that disconcerting because making a comment like that actually scares me a little bit. I still think he's a tremendous general manager, but all I'm saying is when you're throwing out something like that, you might as well throw out the rest of the league too, because the rest of the league in the two seventies, there was not, a 300 pound plus guy on an offensive line in the late seventies. If there was, there was one, I mean, they just didn't exist. So it's really interesting to me. I just uh, thought that's something I'd bring up since we were talking linebackers. If you ask me, I'm with Vinny Vidi Vici. I'm saying Jack ham would be all world in 2022 as well. Kevin.
2: Yeah, and, and it just—I wouldn't put too much stock in his comment. But if you're trying to get the GM job uh, for a, uh, an organization that values its tradition as much as the Steelers, I would just—it's a smart move to, to really honor and respect the, the guys that, that created this—the this, the legend that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolutely. So let's talk about the legend that is behind
1: the still curtain. Hopefully one day we will reach that status. You got to check out some great shows if you missed them. So last night, Kyle Christ was in for Jeffrey Benedict along with Shannon White. And they had two fellas that cover the Georgia Bulldogs. And they talked all about one George Pickens Jr., the second round pick. So great show. Definitely check that out this morning, man. I, I got to tell you, this is a show you don't miss. It's the stat geek. And he had a guy talking about his name was Pete Andrus. I believe it was Pete Andrus. I know was his name. And he was talking about NFL next generation stats. When it comes to the rookies drafted. So that is something that you, you cannot miss. Fantastic show, especially if you like stats and if you like hearing about what these rookies can possibly be. This morning, on Friday morning, you had Jeff Hartman and Let's Ride, another fantastic show as always, our flagship show. And don't forget to check out later on this evening on our YouTube side, but you can catch it here on the audio side, You have Touchdown Under with our Aussies, with Matty Peverell and Mark Davison. And you have also my man, Tony Defeo, man that just turned 50 last week. Tony D with the Friday Night Six Pack. So much stuff. 19 original shows every single week. Even more. You got to check it out here wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on and checking out The linebackers and letting me know all about it. I feel like I went to a clinic, my man.
2: Yeah, that was fun. Love talking backers. And hey, welcome to the 50 club there, Tony.
1: Uh, I love me some tone (laughs) deaf. One of my favorite guys on this planet. Yeah, it's 50 years old for that fella. And he's young compared to you and I.
2: Well, let's not talk about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For the very old. Kevin Smith and the just as old, Brian Anthony Davis. This has been Here We Go, The Steelers Show. We have three things that we ask you to do. One is be safe, two is be true to yourself, and three, always be behind the steel curtain. My friends, we'll check you out next week, right here, same bat time, same bat channel. Keep your feet on the ground, Kevin.
2: And keep reaching for the hypocycloids.